0: We're going to have our reading uh, now, and it comes from uh, the book of Habakkuk, um, an interesting book that maybe uh, we're not all too familiar with. But um, Habakkuk, uh, chapter three, uh, verses seventeen to uh, nineteen. And so, if you if you have a Bible, uh, do open it in front of you. If not, then Abby is going to read that to us now. Thank you so much, Abby. Thanks, Dan. Habakkuk 3, verses 17 to 19. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights for the director of music, on my stringed instruments. Oh, thank you so much, Abby, for reading that out to us. And if you're a bit confused, maybe why we're in Habakkuk and not in 1 John, uh, well, as Phil mentioned this morning, this this weekend is is a bit of a a break from our usual uh, preaching series. So we'll be carrying on in 1 John uh, and Genesis next week. Uh, But tonight uh, we're going to be looking at Habakkuk. And I really pray it's going to be an encouragement for us all tonight. And as we begin, as we look at this amazing part of God's words, well, let's pray again and just ask that God would really speak to each of our hearts as we hear his word together. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we praise you and worship you that you have not stayed distant, uh, but rather you have come near. And we know that you have come near in the person of your son, the Lord Jesus. And we thank you so much that not only have you come near, but you have given us your word, your word that reveals to us who you are, reveals Jesus and who he is. And your word that uh, opens our eyes, opens our hearts to know and to love you more and more. And to know your love for us in a deeper and greater measure. And so we pray that our time together, as we open your word, that we would leave here loving you more than when we first uh, logged on uh, this evening. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, do you know, most of us will know this story of the Titanic and probably most of us will be more familiar with how that story ends. Uh, it hits an iceberg and then some incredibly emotive music then plays and then it falls uh, to the bottom of the ocean. But, you know, the great irony of the Titanic is that when it was being built, uh, people across the country were, were heralding the Titanic as the best boat that had ever been built. As some were even saying about the Titanic, that it was unsinkable, it was so powerful, it was so robust, it was using all the modern technologies of the time and yet for all of its talk and for all the people heralding it as unsinkable, you know, the Titanic upon examination afterwards, it had a fatal flaw in its design You see, the Titanic at the bottom of the boat, it was made up of 15 compartments. And the walls on the outside of those compartments, well, they were fine and they were watertight. But the walls that divided each of the 15 compartments, well, they weren't as robust. In fact, it turns out they didn't extend far above water level. And so if water got into one compartment, then water would get into every uh, one of those compartments, all 15. And so, well, when the iceberg hit, when crisis came, this seemingly unsinkable ship had its foundations completely exposed. And, do you know, like the people who boarded the Titanic well, over 100 years ago, Do you know, we so often place our confidence in things around that often seem unsinkable. You know, they become our foundations in life. Uh, To use another boat term, they become our anchor that we hope will sustain us and anchor us in periods of life that are tough and difficult and painful. And yet, especially in, in the times that we're living in at the moment, when crisis come, when when the iceberg hits, when pandemic and lockdown come, well, often our supposed unsinkable and certain foundations in life where well, they're exposed, just like the Titanic, and they come crashing down all around us. You know, it might be this evening that we, we anchored ourselves on, on our knowledge and our understanding and that, that what we know and, and our gifts and our abilities would see us through. But along comes this virus, and all of a sudden we we have even the, the smartest minds of our country who have to admit in front of everyone that there's so much that we don't know about this virus. There's so much that we don't know about the decisions and how that will affect things in the future. Do you know, it might be that this evening we have anchored ourselves on our resources, on our money, on investments that we've made. And yet again, what happens when the virus comes? And all of a sudden, we're about to head into a huge time of economic uncertainty. And we wonder whether businesses will be able to to, to survive. We wonder whether jobs will be able to be kept. And we wonder whether, well, once good investments are still good investments now. And, you know, even when it comes to relationships, relationships, And, you know, it might be that we anchored ourselves and we built our lives around seeing and being with other people, enjoying friends and family's company. And yet what happens when that's all taken away from us, when we're forced to be in isolation? Maybe when we're forced to be socially distant from other people, when we can't be in relationship and enjoy people's company as we previously were allowed to do. What happens you see these are all things aren 't they that might look like robust and solid foundations to build our lives on, and yet none of them can be completely certain in fact, hasn't one of the things that's been so stark about the times that we're living in at the minute the this pandemic that's hit us isn't one of the things that's been so stark is that it's shown hasn't it it's, it's exposed to us it's highlighted or just how much I'm not in control of my own life. It's exposed how fragile each of our lives really are, and that my foundations that often I can build my life on, well, they're not as firm as I once thought, just like the Titanic. But you know, this evening, I want to introduce us to the book of Habakkuk, because it's an incredible book. And it's an incredible book because we're introduced to someone, Habakkuk, who on the face of things is experiencing the bleakest, the most grueling and the toughest of times that we could imagine. And yet this book of Habakkuk, it ends with Habakkuk rejoicing. It ends with him singing in the midst of the crisis that he's experiencing You know, in fact, what Habakkuk is going to show us is that there is, there really is a foundation and an anchor in life that doesn't crumble in a crisis, that doesn't get exposed, that doesn't weaken, even when the heaviest weights are put upon it. But, you know, I appreciate this evening that Habakkuk, well, it isn't one of those Bible books that we often rush uh, to open and read. It's kind of tucked away uh, in the Old Testament. Um, maybe we sort of uh, took, a, took a while to sort of uh, find it as we sort of went through the pages. And so just to set a bit of the context of, of where we're looking this evening. You see, despite how the book of Habakkuk ends with Habakkuk singing, that's not actually how the book starts. At the start, we see Habakkuk and he's crying out to God. He's asking the big questions of God. We see that in chapter one, verse two. If you look with me, it, he says, How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listening. Do You do not listen. At the start of Habakkuk, he's, he's looking around him. And he's at a time where the people of God, they, they'd wandered so far away from trusting God, away from loving God. And in fact, at that time, they started to worship other gods from other nations. And And Habakkuk, he's looking around him, he's looking around the city, the town that he lives, and he sees injustice everywhere. He sees violence everywhere. And he's looking around and he's crying out to God and he's saying, where are you, God? Do you not see what's going on? Uh, What are you going to do, God? Where where are you? You don't listen. And you know, as Habakkuk offers this prayer, this cry of desperation to God, you know, God graciously answers Habakkuk. And that's what we see next. And and actually, God tells Habakkuk that he is going to do something. In fact, God was going to send the nation of Babylon. And Babylon was going to come in and they were going to take God's people into exile in judgment for what they had done. They were going to take them out of the land and take them into a new land, a land where they would be foreigners. And Habakkuk hears what God is going to do. hears the answer that God has. And then he cries out again and he says, well, why, God, are you going to do that? And he cries out and he says, God, don't you know how wicked these Babylonians are? Don't you know what they are like? How God are you going to use them? Why are you going to use them? How could you, God? And God again, in the midst of Habakkuk's cry of desperation, he again answers him. And he says to Habakkuk, well, he is going to deal with the babylonians one day he won't let their injustice carry on he won't let them keep on plundering and destroying nations around them he won't let it continue forever judgment will come on babylon too but you know god then shifts the focus onto habakkuk himself And he tells Habakkuk how he is to live in the present as he waits for God to act, how he's to live. And he says that in chapter two, verse four. And it's a very key verse in Habakkuk. And God says this to Habakkuk. He says this. He says, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Or you could say the righteous person will live by faith. In other words, God calls Habakkuk, despite everything that's going on around him, despite everything that he sees, to trust in God's promise, to trust in God's word to him and to let that be his unshakable foundation in life. For him to live by faith that God knows, that God sees what's going on and that God will act. He wants Habakkuk to be a man A person that lives by faith. And so what the last chapter of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter three really is, is it really shows us what it looks like to be someone who lives by faith as Habakkuk was called to live. You see, what I love about the book of Habakkuk is that Habakkuk, he goes on a journey throughout this book from why to worship. He starts off asking why God, where God, asking the big questions of God. And it ends up with Habakkuk praising God, singing, rejoicing to God in the midst of his present circumstances. And, you know, what's really interesting is that Habakkuk, he doesn't praise God at the end because God has sorted everything out for him. But rather, he praises God for quite the opposite reason. We see that at the start of our passage that Abby read out to us. Look with me at chapter three, verse 17. At the start of our passage, Habakkuk begins by saying, he says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. I mean, this is a desperate situation that Habakkuk is facing. I mean, some of us might not be too bothered if there were no olives to eat. Maybe some of us might see that as quite a blessing, actually. But this goes way more than just there not being any olives to eat. This is saying that there's no cattle in the stalls. There's there's no food in the fields. And And if you were, like in those times, an agricultural society, if you were heavily dependent upon agriculture and farming, well, this is as big a crisis as you can imagine. A crisis much like the one that we are going through globally at the minute. And so this evening, we're going to see how Habakkuk responds in faith, what it looks like to respond in faith to these circumstances that he is facing all around him. And I've just got one simple point for us as we go through this evening. One simple point, and that is, though X, though X, X standing for whatever it is that we're going through, whatever our present circumstances are, though X, yet I, though X, whatever it is, yet I. Because, you know, this really is the huge turning point in the passage at the end of Habakkuk. It's in fact the whole turning point for the whole book of Habakkuk, because Habakkuk, he just, he just stops telling us what is happening all around him. He stops describing his present circumstances, and then he starts to say, yet I. In other words, In spite of everything going on, in spite of the circumstances that I face, I'm going to respond in a different way. I'm going to respond in a way that many people wouldn't expect me to respond to the circumstances that I face. He says, verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my saviour. I mean, when you read those words, aren't they, aren't they just incredible? We've just seen, haven't we? We just read out what he was having to face, the crisis that was all around him. And yet he says right at the end, he says, yet I will rejoice. And I just want to say at this point that, well, please don't think that this is telling Christians to have some really weird response to suffering and going through tough times. And that almost Christians have to be those that, you know, have to pretend that everything is OK. We we always have to be singing it in times when we know that, well, they're not. That We have to pretend that everything's OK when we know they're not. Now, Habakkuk himself shows in his book, doesn't he? We saw at the beginning. That Habakkuk himself at the start, he cries out to God. He's, he's full of desperate pleas before God, asking the big questions of God, saying, where God, why God have you done that? There's a right response to that. And you know, many of the Psalms, you know, as we heard this morning from Phil, he was saying as we go through the Psalms, we, we hear what they were going through. and Many of them were crying out to God grieving at their present circumstances. And and there's a right response to suffering as we cry out to God. But you know, what this part of Habakkuk is doing is it's giving us a new perspective. It's giving us a foundation this evening, a foundation that is so secure, a foundation that doesn't crumble, a foundation that is built on a hope that carries us and sustains us through these tough and immensely turbulent times that we go through. You see, in Habakkuk's response, he shows that his present circumstances don't change and they don't dictate to him the certainty of God's promises or God's word. You see, whilst everything In Habakkuk's world, at that moment, must have been screaming out to him that God wasn't there, that God wasn't working, that God didn't love him, that God wasn't seeing what was happening. Actually, Habakkuk doesn't let that dictate or change his confidence in the Lord. Because do you notice that's the source of what he's rejoicing and that's the object of his rejoice rejoicing it's in the Lord Habakkuk knows that God is faithful and he knows that his present circumstances don't change that reality one bit even though it might look one way even whilst the world might be screaming out that everything is not going according to plan that God is not working to fulfill his promises Habakkuk does not let that change is trust in God's promises. And you know, everything this evening for us might look like it's pointing one way, that it's pointing away from the truth that God is working today, that God is fulfilling his promises even now. But you know, let Habakkuk be a real encouragement this evening that whilst our present experience might look one way, that's not the reality. God is faithful to his promises. Do you know, it might look to us this evening that we're facing uncertainty about our future. And we don't know what life or what work will look like. um, Maybe after all of this kind of settles down and this crisis passes. But, you know, though I face uncertainty, yet I will rejoice Because I know God's promises to me and I know that God has promised that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God will be faithful to his promise, to his work in me and through me. He will complete. Do you know, it might look this evening that the church is dispersed and isolated. The church seems so weak, doesn't it? from reaching out, from meeting together. Surely the church is going to suffer the biggest decline in attendance ever as the doors are shut. But though the church looks weak, yet I will rejoice. Because we know that people in every home up and down this country are having services streamed into their homes, hearing about Jesus and what he's done for each of them. You know, we we reported, I think, a couple of weeks ago that one secular newspaper said that one in three 18 to 30 year olds had tuned into a service at some point. Though everything points one way. God is growing his church and people are hearing about Jesus in ways that we could not have imagined God to be working. God is working, though it looks one way. And, you know, this evening, though life seems so fragile, so incredibly fragile at this moment, though in so many ways we are vulnerable health wise, yet. I can rejoice even in that this evening because I know the promises of God. That is my foundation. And Jesus says, doesn't he? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Though X, yet I you know there's an account of a man uh, called John Chrysostom and he was a leader of a church in the fourth century in a city called Constantinople uh, which we would know as modern day Istanbul in Turkey and John he was actually arrested uh, for talking and leading this church in Constantinople and he was brought before the Empress Eudoxia and The Empress Eudoxia had John stand right in front of her and she threatened John with banishment from the kingdom for what he was doing for following Jesus. And she threatened him with banishment. And John, in response to her threat, said this. He said, you cannot banish me for this world is my father's house. And then the Empress Eudoxia, she said to him, well, I I will kill you. And John replied, he said, no, you cannot, for my life is hid with Christ in God. And the Empress Eudoxia said to John, well, uh, I will take away all of your treasures. And then John responded, saying, no, you cannot, for my treasure is in heaven and my heart is there. And then the empress, really frustrated, she then goes and she says, well, I will drive you away from your friends and you will have no one left. And John looks at her and says, no, you cannot. For I have a friend in heaven from whom you cannot separate me. He says, I defy you, for there is nothing you can do to harm me. Do you know this is the kind of foundation that we have this evening? A foundation that whatever the though is, whatever we're faced with, whatever we are going through, we can say, yet I will rejoice. Because it might look one way. It might look one way. The story might look like it's already been written. But actually, God provides us with a foundation, a hope, a future that can never crumble promises that will never fail that is our foundation you know it says in Habakkuk doesn't he it says he makes my feet like the feet of a deer that's a picture of God making our foundation so strong so firm steadfast and you know as I was thinking about this and I was preparing it you know I was thinking isn't that what we're desperately looking for in life Regardless of even the present circumstances we face before this all happened, before everything changed, isn't this what we wanted and what we're looking for in life? To have a foundation that is so secure, that in actual fact can be called truly unsinkable. And do you know this evening, if we want to know this, if we want to know and to have this foundation, then ultimately, We have to know Jesus because he's ultimately the one who offers and gives to us this foundation that whatever the though is, we might be able to say, yet I will rejoice in God, my saviour. And whoever we are this evening, whether church is something that we're very familiar with or maybe some church is something that we're very new to, do you know, Jesus offers each of us this evening. This unshakable hope to go through life, never having to worry about our foundations and our anchors in life crumbling or melting away, but rather a hope that is based on Jesus, on his historical death and resurrection three days later. And, you know, this Jesus, he's alive today. And you know, many of us here at O'Call we will we will testify and say that we have met with this Jesus. We've encountered Him. We know Him. And this Jesus, He offers each of us this evening to know Him, to trust Him, to believe in the promises that He has for us, and to enjoy Him, ultimately forever. You know, there's a guy called Paul who wrote a lot of the New Testament, and he. I think sums up so much of what we've looked at this evening. He says in Romans chapter eight, verse 31, he says this as a follower of Jesus. He says this, he says, I can that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. They're amazing words, aren't they? Paul, a man, who says, though X, yet I. And so this evening, do you know, it might be that we find that our present circumstances are exposing the things that we have put our trust in, the things that we thought were unsinkable. It might be that even we've come to realise that we realise that Jesus isn't our foundation. We actually realise that that we've put our confidence and our trust in other things and other people and not in Jesus. Well, do you know, Habakkuk this evening says to us, find the unshakable, the unsinkable hope in Jesus that's found in building our lives on his promises, on his word to us, that whilst everything looks like it's going the complete other direction, It doesn't mean that God isn't faithful, but rather like Habakkuk, we wait in faith. We live in faith, in confidence, not with fingers crossed, in confidence, building our lives on the certain foundation of God's words and promises. And therefore, this evening. Therefore, though the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen. Though there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. Well, you know, I hope that's been an encouragement to us this evening. And I want to let us just have a few moments where we can just maybe quietly reflect at this time. Um, on maybe what we've heard this morning from Phil and what we've heard this evening from Habakkuk and just to allow a few moments where so we can come before our God our father in heaven and rejoice and lay before him and the things that are on our heart so why don't we just let uh, just us have a few moments uh, where we can pause to reflect at this time Our Father in heaven, we we praise you and we rejoice this evening. Though we face many difficult and many hard and turbulent times, times that cause us real grief and real sorrow. Lord, we bring them to you and you know our hearts and you know our pain. And yet, Father, you have for us this evening an incredible foundation, a foundation that is unsinkable, a foundation that is unshakable. Because it's based in Jesus. It's based on his death and his resurrection. It's based on the fact that he will be coming back again. It's based on the fact that we have an eternal glory that awaits us, an eternal life that awaits us with you forever to enjoy. That is our foundation this evening. This is what you offer us, Father. And Father, would you forgive us for the times that we have put our trust and our confidence in things that seem unsinkable, but we know, Father, they're exposed and they're fragile and they crumble. Father, help us this week to place our confidence in you, to be people who live like Habakkuk in faith. On your words, on your on your promises to us. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen.